Welcome to the Back Row Fantasy Show with your hosts, Jeremy Barker, Aaron Arms, and Chad Niddle. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Back Row Fantasy Show. I'm your host tonight, for, oddly enough. It's it's knit on the mic first. We got arms looking me directly in the eyes over here. Good morning. And no bark today. I know. It's I, I feel so awkward. I feel like I'm cheating on him. I know. No no bark. Hopefully a little bit of bite and we can uh fill in these pauses, these gaps a little bit that Barker's so good at doing. I know, dude. I I'm I'm so nervous. I I'm glad we're not recording with video because I'm shaking. I'm, I, I, yeah, not gonna lie. I'm physically shaking. Being the, uh, the my first time as the full time host. Would I be the full time host or just the? You're am I the, the first, narrator? You're the first time as the the host instead of just a color guy. I like being the color guy. Like, I do too. Already, like I, I think we're about a minute into this thing, and I'm ready to get back to color guy all the way. Oh, absolutely. But hey, should have hey, it, it's playoff week. Playoff weekend, a lot of conference championships in fantasy football land, a lot of uh, just league championships in small-time formats, but uh, should have a good show for you. Lots of hits and misses, a lot of stuff happening around the uh, the world of sports and just in general. I mean, the Heisman just got awarded. Yeah, so about the Heisman. All right. Lay it on me. I look, me and you, this is the first time we've yeah. had a chance to talk some college football on this show. This is the first time me and you've got to talk since the Heisman was awarded. That's true. That's yeah, true. so Kyler Murray. Okay. Tell me about Kyler. Tell me your thoughts on Kyler Murray, and then I'll throw mine down. I think he's a, he's a fine college quarterback, but, I mean, let's, let's take a step back from Kyler, Kyler Murray and point this out. Lincoln Riley in two seasons as a head coach, has produced two Heisman Trophy-winning quarterbacks. And this is his, This was just his second yes, year as, I, a, I believe as a head so. coach. I believe second so. Second or third year after Stoop stepped down. Yeah, so first off, kudos to Lincoln Riley. I mean, he's got it together down there in Oklahoma. I mean, good Lord. Great offense. He's, he's a brilliant offensive line. I mean, I'm... Frankly, I'm excited to see Lincoln Riley if he ever decides to get, come to the pros as a coach. Glad you brought up the offensive line early in this this little uh, tidbit here because Oklahoma, if you want a, a game plan, if you want game film on how to run an, a college offensive line, both protecting the quarterback, allowing the quarterback space to run, and opening up the rushing attack, look no further than Oklahoma. I mean, yes, you play in the Big 12 with some weak defensive fronts, but they don't miss blocks. Yep. They're assignment-oriented, and they just open space for the running game, no matter if it's on the, the quarterback rollout scramble or, or it's just a downhill run with their big backs. Well, I mean, as an Ohio State fan, so we run the spread as well. They run it, we run it. It looks like a, a, a different offense with how effective they are at blocking it. Consistently yes, effective. They're just, I mean, it just blown holes wide open, whether it's the running back, whether it's Murray. The thing is, here's my, my biggest take on this. Kyler Murray, number one, did he deserve the Heisman? I think he deserved to be a finalist, no doubt about it. I don't think he's a better quarterback than Tua Tagovailoa. My thing with Tua is Tua sat out the first, or, or excuse me, the fourth quarter, sometimes the whole second half of games. 
at least for the first two thirds of the season, that's absolutely true. And I mean, to a, statistically, they're I mean they're fairly similar. I mean, forty touchdowns passing versus thirty-seven touchdown passing. I mean, what Murray gives you is another nine hundred yards and eleven touchdowns on the ground, whereas two only gives you one hundred ninety-five. The thing is, Alabama, they I think it was a downgrade to Tua with uh, Hurts coming in and being effective against Georgia. But with that being said, Jalen Hurts is going to start for all but about 10, 15, maybe 20 teams in college football. Maybe, yeah, I'm more on the 10 teams. And, yeah. that, and that's with three Heisman, that three of them are obviously rounded out between Haskins, Murray, and Tua. Yeah. So, I mean, you could transfer Jalen Hurts anywhere and he's going to be an effective college football quarterback. Absolutely. The thing is, uh, it, it kills me to see Tua not win it, not because I think Tua is the best quarterback in college right now. He's definitely, in my opinion, top three. I think he's going to be a fine pro. I I just, it's like he got downgraded for how good the rest of Alabama was. Yeah, they, you take a little knock. I mean, you have Jeff, is it Jeff Judy? The, Judy, the wide receiver there, who's just unstoppable at Alabama, was open all year long. Uh, he's their big play threat. He's their possession guy. I mean, he does a little bit of everything, just a nightmare for uh, college defensive backs. The line is obviously dominant compared I mean, to anyone they, else. They probably have five NFL linemen. Honestly, they probably have five future starters. They do it every few years where yeah. they have four out of the five guys get drafted in the NFL. And, and the, the fifth guy is a freshman or yeah. a sophomore. Yeah, and the reason he isn't drafted in the NFL. He just wasn't eligible. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, it Haskins numbers aside, Haskins put Ohio State on his back many times and drug that, that team up and down the field, much in the same way Kyler Murray did, you know, to where he drug his team up and down the field, both playing with terrible defenses. But I still think Tua was the premier player out of these three. I think that he is the most effective and the most efficient. I mean, there was a game that I recall him, I think he threw the ball 13 times, completed 10 passes for 300 and I want to say 33 yards and four touchdowns. It, that and, is the most efficient I've ever heard a quarterback being. And he, yeah, they he does it. What did you say? How many completions? Ten out of thirteen attempts. Ten out of thirteen attempts, and how many touchdowns? Four. Four. I mean, forty percent of the time you're throwing a touchdown. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean that's pretty ridiculous. So that's but that's also where you 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 got to downgrade him a little bit. The competition that he plays again, playing the Citadel. I know they struggled in the first half against the Citadel, but they they do play several low-caliber teams. They they do. Out of conference, all that good news. But the argument back is, you know, the Citadel's defense is just as good as anything the Big 12's putting out in theory. I didn't didn't want to go into the conference debate. I'm not going to go too deep into that. My my biggest thing is, I I think that just number two and number one should have been flip-flop. Now, from a pro standpoint, I don't think Kyler Murray's pro quarterback. Yeah, yeah. I'm well. So you're saying Tua? Just to go back to this, end it real quick. Let me have my my Kyler Murray. Tua should have won the Heisman. All right, and you had Dwayne Haskins, a clear number three, which I, is where the odds had him. I where think, most everyone, I think Haskins deserved more talk during the the lead up to it as a legitimate contender for it. Because I think Haskins is a fine quarterback, I'll, and I I'll, think he's going to be a good pro. I'll agree with that. I'll agree with that one hundred percent. Just looking at the odds going into the Heisman weekend or what how, post-conference championship weekend, you have Kyler Murray became the favorite. Well, I mean, barely, though. Barely. Because two, Tua two, was out of half. Tua was still just a two-to-one dog. 
But then you have Haskins. What was it like? Oh, he was plus way, sixty to one. It was way back. He wasn't a, he wasn't that far off of the pace of the yes. other two. I like, mean, that's what I didn't. I, I agree that he was the third. He should have been third. I mean, he was third, but I just didn't. I thought he should have had more, a little more respect. The biggest in, thing, in the odds. Tua with the odds and Murray had the same number of total touchdowns. Or not Tua, two. I'm sorry. Uh, Haskins, Haskins and Murray had the same number of total touchdowns. And they're just, they just treat Dwayne Haskins like, nah, nah. Yeah. no, they don't play any defenses. They yeah. play better defenses than the Big 12. Yeah, I, I get where you're going but, with that. You know, I mean, in the, in, even in the games that Ohio State struggles, Haskins looked like a good quarterback. Yeah. Now, I can, the thing is, I totally agree with uh, Kyler Murray winning it. At the end of the day, he was the hot quarterback at the end. The whole, the whole, Bama versus Georgia game just destroyed Tua's final chances. I, I, the odds flip-flopping showed it. I think they're absolutely right. But if you go back, being an old-school NCAA football PlayStation guy. Oh, God, please bring that game back. Yeah. That, yeah. That's the greatest game. Like, I, I looked forward to that. Whenever NCAA was coming out, I wasn't buying Madden. Yeah. But going back to that, when I played that game, if I were to design a college football quarterback, it's Kyler Murray. The guy's quick speed at 95, quickness 99, can throw it, put it on the money, makes good decisions, doesn't fumble the ball, isn't, you know, isn't loose with the ball. The guy's electric, man. In space, he's untackable. With pressure in his face, he still throws dimes. I think he deserved to win the Heisman. I'm, I'm going to say I'm, I'm kind of against you on two of winning it. I think they got the right guy, the trophy, in the right guy's hands. Okay. I mean, he obviously uh, he won, so you you must be right on that one. Hey, I, but I just I feel like the, check my Facebook, it, man. It was a downgrade to me against Tua. His stats would have been so much better if he were he was playing in the fourth quarter of some of these games. Though I get it, and, I, and if some of them were close, you know what I mean, to where it's not a shootout. You know, final score, you know, fifty two forty nine. I feel like if you put Tua in. in Against teams that are competing strongly with Alabama, all of a sudden two is throwing fifty touchdown passes, and oh wow, now he's statistically dominating. The one thing I could say to that, though, you're you're saying give him the extra, but if they were in the game, most likely it wasn't to score with Alabama. It would have been more of two and not putting up the stats he did in three quarters. He just would have put those stats up over the course of four. And I've heard that argument, like yeah, he got he didn't play the fourth quarter of. Two, again, two-thirds of the first half of the I, season. I want to say that he missed like three full games worth of quarters. But he put up full game stats. I mean, you, you're not going to keep beating the drum. If they were competitive, if that game was competitive up through the third and fourth quarters, it wouldn't have been a blowout. With his, he wouldn't have had blowout stats. That's all I'm saying. If you're kind of getting where I'm going, well, what I'm, I guess, what my argument back to that is Alabama's defense is so good that it kept him from having better offensive stats. And that's back you to didn't the, the need team. him to have those offensive stats. Yeah, that's the back to the team around him. So jumping in, relating this back to uh, the NFL, where you're wanting to go, just yeah, exactly. Ago, who, who, which quarterback out of the two? I guess we're saying so. Two is not available. Two's not coming out. Dwayne should, will. We, it's Dwayne's going to be, a, a in my, per, my personal opinion, I think Dwayne Haskins is the number three quarterback off the board this year. 
And Dwayne Haskins probably, and Kyler Murray's going to go play pro baseball. Baseball, yeah. I, Kurt, uh, Kyler Murray doesn't have the size to be an NFL quarterback. I five think, nine, five ten. Yeah, he's five ten in the schedule. He's five nine. He might be five eight. I mean, you he, just don't know. He just—he's a little guy. I, I, they don't typically uh, put those stats the wrong, you know, to underestimate the guy. Drew Brees would argue that, but it, it's the truth. Yeah, Russell Wilson. But the guy we we know in his A Oakland A's contract, it says if he goes play pro, he's got to pay back his his uh, signing bonus and, and anything he would have earned with the A's. So it's pretty much a done deal. I think Scott Boris is his agent. He's already said when asked. Dude's going to play baseball. I mean, that's more it, or less what it's. And for the money standpoint, man, he's making the right decision. Money standpoint, longevity standpoint. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Long ter- short-term running, long-term money. He's not going to be necessarily uh, capped as much as he would with an NFL contract, rookie Correct. contract. Correct. I mean, he's going in within two or three years, he he's going to be in the millions and millions of dollars versus a few hundred thousand dollars a year. You know what I mean? Maybe $900,000 a year. For, I don't know where he would slate at. I don't know where to be drafted at. So, yeah. So to jump in, try to get into the fantasy football side of this, but to end it with Dwayne Haskins, you say number three? I think he's going to be the number three quarterback off the board this year. Somewhere third I, roundish, second roundish. I think he goes with the I second think, round. Actually, I think he goes late first. Could be first mid, mid to late first. I think that someone's going to uh, jump up, snap a, like a Will Greer, uh, the Herbert kid out of uh, Oregon. Those are your that, your prototypical. Uh, they are the big guys yeah. preseason. There's uh, someone, I want to say like a Missouri kid who's looking good. but Drew Locke at yeah. Missouri. They, they're, then, they're all your standard NFL quarterbacks. Then you have Dwayne Haskins running the Urban Meyer offense. There's some questions about that because it's not a dynamic correct. passing attack. It does have some simplicity to the routes that they run. However, 4,500 yards in what, 45 50 touchdowns, whatever it is. 47 touchdowns. 47 touchdowns. I mean, uh, the numbers speak for itself in a big-time program against big-time competition on an elite level. Dwayne Haskins has a NFL career a lot better than a JT Barrett who just came out of Oh, absolutely. What I will say about Dwayne Haskins, I think think he's going to be the number three quarterback off the board, but I actually think out of the two that I named above him, uh, Herbert and Greer, I think Haskins has a better career. Greer, mate, Greer, Greer's got a little Brett Favre in him. Yeah, he he's got a little Brett Favre Gunslinger. in him, but it, he that the trust in his arm to try to force it in sometimes when it shouldn't—that's what scares me with Greer. It just depends on the talent around. Yeah, him. You put, you're right. You put him on the Bills. You put him on the Jets right now, which obviously is not going to go to either of his teams with them drafting a quarterback high. But you put him in that sort of situation is what I'm saying. Will Greer's going str- gonna to struggle without a wide receiver and get open. But Dwayne Haskins falls into the New York Giants territory. Yeah. I mean, them going on a, on a, rain, a run, he even said he wanted to be drafted by the Giants. And let's say he falls Kinda out of the first. first yeah, later first. Yeah, let's say he even falls out of the first. And the Giants come back in the second to get him. Kind of, again, mid-second, yeah. I mean, that that's a, a solid landing spot for him. I still think they need to address offensive line, but they've looked better in recent weeks. Yeah. So. You know, that Eli's is what probably is. got one more year. Dwayne can sit, can sit one more year, and that, a bit. that's the perfect situation. I, I, I like Dwayne Haskins. His his pro ability. He reminds me a lot of a Ben Roethlisberger. Maybe not as hard to bring down as a Ben, but man, I've saw some throws of him just just popping it over a defender's head that only the running back's going to catch. Yeah, I saw him. You know, put it just to where his receiver's only person will catch. He lets some fly. 
Yeah. I mean, absolutely let some fly. But if you go back, and I've watched several high State games, there's a lot of incompletions that he had that hit drops. a receiver in two hands. Yeah, that's true. Like, you hit, you know, you hit Paris Campbell in both hands. It's like, whoa, 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 oh, I'm supposed to put them together. My bad. Yeah. I think he'll be, he'll be a fine pro with a little grooming. I don't think that he's I, – I don't look at him as the Andrew Luck type coming out. You know, someone who – when Andrew Luck came out, you're like, this guy has Hall of Fame potential. Yeah. I think Haskins has, you know, he, a, he's a couple elite years, maybe. Yeah, I think he's, like he's going to be a, a fine playoff caliber quarterback. I think he's going to be someone who ends up, you know, if he, if he gets a good defense, you know, on the opposite side of the ball, enough talent around him, he can make a run, maybe win a Super Bowl sometime in his career. But I don't think he's going to be the sole carrier of the torch of any team. How about Make sense? Yeah. I, we got way deeper into this conversation than I anticipated. If I told you, you we were almost 17 minutes into this thing without Barker, you'd be. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm kind of impressed with ourselves right now. Me too. Me too. Um, but I'm not, I'm not going to end it. Dwayne Haskins, who, I'll give you my pro comp real quick. Okay. You think of yours? Mine's that's Big Benish. That's, that's what I said. Big Ben. He's very Big Benish. I mean, like, not overly mobile. But just mobile enough to get out of sack situations mm-hmm. and has that that savvy ability to just hit receivers when they're open. I think he's got a whole lot of big bend. And you know what? Pittsburgh Steelers love Ohio State Buckeyes. And I think next year, so I said that I don't think there's any quarterback in this year's draft class that you just look at and you're like, barring injury, this this guy's going to wear a gold jacket someday. Yeah. I think next year you might have two of them. Yeah. Because I think Tua is going to be a stud in the pros. His biggest the argument against Tua right now is sometimes it hangs on the ball a little bit too long. That's that stuff's teachable. Yeah. Okay. Um, him and Fromm, and I think Fromm's special. Fromm is special over the course of his career. Both, both of those, uh, Fromm reminds me a lot of uh, Andrew Luck. Yeah. Well, let me redirect the conversation back into fantasy football. While mo- where, why, and and what what most of our listeners are waiting on. It's hits and misses, man. I know we usually do the hits by themselves, misses by themselves, but we don't have the uh, Macho Man nor Bulk Hogan. Bulk Hogan, yeah. I was trying not, to think it's not Hulk Hogan, it's Bulk Hogan. Bulk Hogan, we, we don't have any intros here. So let's just run through the uh, the position groups here. All right. I'll fun. let you lead it off. Shoot me over your hits, your hit and your miss at the quarterback position for week 15, playoff so, week in fantasy football. I'm, I'm going for my hit. Man, it's it's been rough running, but it's time to fire up that old car, boys. Time to fire up Derek Carr this week. Oh, the Lord. Bengals have allowed the second most fantasy points to quarterbacks all season. Carr's had some fairly decent games in the last few weeks, and just against the Bengals have given up. That that team's in shambles, and now's the time They're for done. Carr. You know, with the. the Tossing some to Doug Martin, you know, out of the backfield, uh, Jalen Richard, you know, Jared Cook. Jared Cook's still a very you're valid going, option there. You're going to have an, enough action to get him a couple touchdowns, and, uh, you know, he's going to get his yardage like he always does. Hey, I, I, you know what? I might actually agree with you on a Derek Carr hit hit call. And it's just mainly the, the Bengals are just uh, in shambles right now. For my hit of the week, it's not going to be one that's not obvious. I'm just going to kind of reiterate something here. Jared Goff, just don't be scared of what happened last week in Chicago. The guy had five points or in one of my leagues where I have Goff, negative points yeah. last week at the quarterback position. Do not be for afraid of Jared Goff. There's nothing wrong with the L.A. Rams. 
the Bears are just that good. This week they go up against the Eagles, who are, are bottom bottom like half. No, 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 my bad. Bottom fourth in almost all op- uh, opposing passing categories. Golf's going to have a fine week. Brandon Cook's going to get open. Uh, Robert Robert Woods is going to do his the, thing. The biggest thing that's going to help golf this week is Todd Gurley's going to get traction like he needs to for golf to be successful. You, you don't run. You do not run on the Bears' defense. And they proved it last week. I mean, the Bears yeah. are that good. I, I called this the DFS, do not play Todd Gurley. Mm-hmm. Do not play Todd Gurley. And it was the right call. And, and I know that a lot of people still are like, it's Todd Gurley, got to fire him up. No, you don't. The Bears are that good at defense. You don't play. You don't play a whole lot of teams. You, you don't. You don't play any running back against the Bears, unless obviously a dynasty league needs your only. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to sit girly, but DFS wise, you just don't play against Bears defense. Absolutely, at quarterback or running back or wide receiver. And when you take away him, that that they're one dimensional all of a sudden. Yeah, and the Bears can come out in their base defense and stop the run. That that's what makes the Bears special and that's why golf looked so bad last week. It's controlling the line of scrimmage and the the LA Rams are going to have no problem controlling the line of scrimmage with Ty Gurley with that offensive line against the Eagles doing that mobile pocket that they do dropping jo- dropping Jared Goff back on diagonals. They love to drop him behind the tackles and and use a, a pulling tight end to block out the uh the backside. So I, I expect the Rams to go back to typical pre week 12 Rams football and just put one, put some points on the board against the Eagles, not counting the Eagles out, not saying that, but I think Jared Goff and that offense is going to be just fine here in week 15. Okay. I, I agree. Um, my sit of the week, I have literally no statistical data to back this up. We, I, I love it. But big Ben, the Patriots just got embarrassed. Okay, they they I lost. I they lost on just the flu, one of the flukiest plays, and th- they realized the error of their ways. Don't put Rob Gronkowski at safety. So they're sitting that terrible safety they've got. They're not at, at Rob Gronkowski. Um, they're going to come out fired up, ready to stop everything that the Pittsburgh Steelers throw, throws at them this week. And I'm going to tell you, angry football team, angry football team, motivated football team, and Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick is, it, I will guarantee, has put them through hell this week. This has got probably the worst week of practice they've had in quite a while. That defense is going to come motivated. Big Ben, I'm just not, I'm not ready to roll him out this week. Hey, I, I, I like the call. I'm going to go with another big name, big scorer this week. I'm going to go Andrew Luck against another legit defense, man. Dallas Cowboys defense is for real. Very much, I'm, they're not as good as Chicago, but that linebacking core and that front four defensive line is is just about as good as the Bears front. That, that front, the front front uh, seven versus front seven, they're on par. They're on par. The I it, mean, the linebackers. You you could probably give the edge to the Cowboys at linebacker because they have three absolute monsters. With a rookie yeah. in Leighton Van Der Esch and a second, really a second-year pro in Jalen. Yeah, I mean, they've got three monsters, and they've got, you know, some pass rushers, and then, you know, obviously the Bears are solid, you know, because Roquan, Trevathan, um, Khalil Mack, but my goodness. It, it, the, the Dallas Cowboys are playing their best football defensively in years. Now, Andrew Luck last week had a good game against the Texans. Uh, the week before that against the Jaguars, struggling a little bit. He's been Obviously, he's been Andrew Luck all season long. I'm just saying, if you got a better option, if you have an equal option at quarterback, 
I'd sit Andrew Luck in the Dynasty League if you have someone else who's valid playable. DFS-wise, I'd spend my money elsewhere. I think Andrew Luck kind of projects towards the mean this week. He's going to be just an average NFL quarterback week 15. That's scary if you've relied him relied on him all year long well, I mean, to get you into the playoffs and get you through for round what one. Ta- what you had to give for, to get Andrew Luck, most likely, you have to start him in most you know most formats. That's that's the scary thing. It's just a it's a bad matchup for him. Yeah, and, and the big thing that Dallas does so well that helps their defense so well is Ezekiel Elliott controls the clock. They just control the clock, adding a little bit with Dak's legs. They shorten the game, shorten the, opportunities for the other team. Far less opportunities, far less pass opportunities out there for Andrew Luck than regular weeks. Just going to throw one of these mid, not mid-tier guys. I'm, I'm going to throw you Deshaun Watson out there because a, a guy in our league has Deshaun Watson and Andrew Luck. Who are you rolling out? I mean, I, I would roll out Deshaun Watson against the New York Jets before I roll out Andrew Luck. Deshaun Watson has not been that much worse and I think he has a better matchup this week. No, I'll take Deshaun Watson right against that matchup, matchup for matchup. Deshaun Watson has a premier matchup, and Andrew Luck, better quarterback. Better quarterback. We're not saying he's better quarterback, but this week, this week, you, remember, you're playing for your fantasy livelihood right now. In money. You're, yeah, now, in money. Exactly. Money's on the line. You're in the semifinals or the finals, most likely, and you. This is the week you're all Deshaun Watson. Don't be a plug and play dynasty manager. Be a be a guy who gets into the numbers. Make a play, baby. Make Absolutely. a play on a Deshaun Watson, a run, something like that. If you got another option, Absolutely. Roll us into the running backs. There, arms. All right. Kind of in the same the same mold is why I'm sitting Ben Roethlisberger. I'm starting Sony Michelle. Sony Michelle. Patriots going to be motivated. Um, it's not a great matchup. The Steelers have a fine run defense. But I think this is the game they need Sony Michelle to take over. He's a little, he's a, he's dynamic. He's very fast, shifty. Um, they've kind of faded out James White a little bit. I think Sony Michelle gets more runs. They gave him 20 carries, not very effective last week. I think he had 57, 67 yards. Every time he's broke 21, he's broke 100 yards. They devote to that again this week. They know that they need him to shorten that game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're going to devote Sony Michelle plenty of opportunities. They're going to devote getting the ball to him, and Sony Michelle is going to have a nice week this week. I we didn't even mention James White has been utterly ineffective over the last few weeks. He had, he had a decent game two weeks ago, but he's been rendered almost—I'll say it—useless. I, I let me go ahead and give fantasy you, useless. Yes, yeah, let me give you my miss of the week since we're on this subject. My miss of the week in fan, uh, for running backs is James White. Last week he had four carries, four targets, only caught two of them. Had like seven fantasy points. If you've been relying on James White, is you, you hit on him early in the season? He's been killing you. He has been killing you. If you survived the first round of most playoffs last week with James White, sit him. Sit him, go find someone else. Sorry to jump over to the, the, the misses, but you're talking about Sony Michelle. I agree 100%. They're going to be an angry football team wanting to run the football. And, and Michelle is the runner. So, yeah, that, that, that's who they is, want to give the carries to. He is their running back. James White is their, is their Swiss Army knife who's been, uh, again, ineffective over the last few weeks. So let me jump on to my hit, hit of the week. Dalvin Cook against Miami. Love the matchup. Love what Dalvin Cook's done over the last three games since getting healthy. Double digit over fifteen points in in your standard PPR formats the last, and he's getting in the end zone through the air. 
He's now, yet, yet to get in the end zone on the ground. I think that changes this week. I think he's he's locked for a touchdown against Miami. And I believe Miami's bottom third in uh, in rush defense and and pass cor- defense. Correct me if I'm wrong though. But didn't uh, didn't they fire the OC in Minnesota? Well, that's where I'm going. Dude. Okay, go ahead. That, that's where I'm going with this. Uh, uh, Minnesota fired uh, fired the the OC who came out of Andy Reid and and the uh, was on the staff for the Eagles last year. The he was Andy Reid and Doug Peterson product for philosophical differences. What that says is Mike Zimmer no longer wants to throw the ball a little, all around the field. He wants to get back to what the Vikings were doing a few years ago running the football when they're running the football mm-hmm. with with AP. He wants to get back and get Dalvin. He sees that Dalvin is healthy and instead of having 10, 9, 13 attempts, I expect Dalvin Cook to get a a lion's share. I expect him to get somewhere around 20 touches in the rushing game, approach 100 yards. I already said a lock for a touchdown and still catch the football. Dalvin Cook could be a top 10 if not a top 5 the guy this week. DFS play him. All day long, I love Dalvin Cook in Week 15. He's going to lead somebody to a to a uh, conference title in fantasy football land. And if your worry is Latavius Murray is going to leech from him, in the past four weeks, Latavius Murray has not broke four fantasy points since the bye. He's not broke four fantasy points, and one of those games he had 11 carries. 33 yards and 11 carries. Latavius Murray had a nice four or five week stretch in the middle of the season when but, Dalvin was hurt. But Dalvin is back and he's he's the more dynamic player. He's the more explosive player. And as Bark said earlier this year, once he gets rolling, once he gets you know trust in himself, top ten running back. He's top ten running back. He, I mean, I don't know if he's quite top ten, but he's he's going to be very effective. If he, if he puts up another just above average game, he's going to be a top 10 running back over the last four weeks. I mean, the guy has been really good since getting back on track in week 12. And again, noted the, the note from Mike Zimmer was philosophical differences. I translate that into, I don't want to throw the ball over the field. I want to get back to Vikings football, run the ball, control the clock, let my defense set us up for a win. Play Dalvin Cook. I will give you another one. This is um, kind of a maybe more of a desperation play. You, you, you had Kareem Hunt, or you know, you've got you've been rolling out James White. James Connors hurt. James Connors hurt. You know, this desperation play is based solely, eh, not solely, a lot of it on the defense that they're playing against. But Doug Martin has had a touchdown in three straight weeks. Raiders call Homer. Call. Uh, once again, it's it's a desperation play. I'm not saying you you know go sit. Aaron Jones for Doug Martin. Gotcha. I'm not saying go sit, you know, but if you're uh, in, Todd Gurley, but if, Doug if you, Martin's desperation play, if you're, because you probably made the playoffs with James Conner, you probably made the playoffs with Kareem Hunt, and now you don't have him. You're hurting. So who are you going to play? If, if Doug Martin. Doug Martin might be on the waiver wire and probably is. Who are you going to call? So Muscle uh, hamster. Moving over to the sits. Um, I already gave my sit. This isn't all you. Roll it out. I'm actually sitting Aaron Jones. No, I'm not going to sit him for just called. I'm, I'm not sitting him for Doug Martin. <laughs> All right, no, roll but, it out. But we saw what the Bears did to Todd Gurley. Mm. Aaron Jones has been a rock solid running back for like seven, eight weeks. Man, just don't expect that to continue this week. Don't pay pay up for him in DS, DFS or anything like that. Aaron Jones it terrifies me. I'm sitting Aaron Jones for Sony Michelle and their matchups. I mean. As far as rank of the uh, rush defense, just a few points, a few uh, rankings apart, but 
I'm much more comfortable with Sonny Michelle against the Steelers than I am Aaron Jones or any running back against the Bears for that matter. Shutting down, yeah, shutting down Todd Gurley speaks for itself. Yeah. Great. You want to lead us off on the wide receivers? You want to hit any more? That my, my miss again was James White. Just six touches last week. Stay away from James White in all formats. Yeah. So wide receivers. Um, I've got two hits. Um, one of them just the Eagles allow the third most fantasy points to wide receivers. Brandon Cooks is going to eat, right? Robert Woods is going to eat. Mm. But I think here's an opportunity if you really need a, someone, you know, out of nowhere, you got to pick up someone on the waiver wire, Josh Reynolds. You're not so obvious guy here. He, he's a not so obvious play. I think Reynolds has an opportunity to get in the end zone this week, uh, probably get, you know, get around 70 ish yards and hopefully get, you know, across the, the threshold and get your six there. All right. My, I, I have quite a few hits of the week also uh, for wide receivers. I'm going to stay with my most not obvious here, and I'm going to go with another guy down the pecking order uh, on his on his pro team, and that's Mike Williams out with the Chargers. Going up against K- Kansas City tomorrow night, Thursday night football, the guy is touchdown dependent. Needs to get in the end zone to have a good week. But the only way to beat the Chiefs is to get in the end zone. Absolutely. I, and, you know, Keith, again, you're, you're talking about Cooks and uh, Cooks and uh, Woods getting their, getting their looks and everything, uh, and then Reynolds still getting being effective as that third receiver. Mike Williams is slowly becoming that number two to Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen's going to eat against Kansas City, but I expect Mike Williams to get in the end zone. And last week he drew six targets, three receptions, 45 yards, halfway to 100, and when he wasn't needed. Yeah. You know, this week he's going to be needed. I expect him to get at least eight targets, get in the end zone, four receptions. You know he's a big play guy, big If yard. he gets four receptions, he's breaking 100. If he gets four receptions, yeah, he's going to go somewhere around 75. He's, we know he's a lock for about 60-plus on four receptions. But usually through the middle of the season, is like one reception, a touchdown, 55 yards. One reception, 30 yards, and a touchdown. This week it's going to be four. Two, two receptions, 77 yards, two touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> You're like, what the heck? The most famous, he, he's this year's Sammy Watkins. He's Absolutely. extremely touchdown dependent, but but that's what the LA. Now, the Chargers are a good team. Obviously, the Chargers are a good team. But, but if they win this week? It's going to be like 42 to 35. If the Chargers win this week, they move into the driver's seat to possibly get the number one overall seed. And that's think about it. That's a motivated Chargers team. And they need him because what's the health status of Melvin Gordon? You know, is Gordon going to be able to play? So they gotta air it out. I Thank you, Arms. Eckler's fine. He's a fine Justin running back. Jackson. Justin Jackson's fine. Not neither one of them are great. Neither one of them are Melvin Gordon. Yeah. They're enough to need to be accounted for. Absolutely. You gotta account for him. Yeah. But you whenever whenever the uh the Chiefs are dropping forty five on you you, you got to throw the ball. There's six, basically there's going to be five, five, six, ah, seven's a stretch. But I mean, there's going to be five touchdowns at least to divvy up between the Chargers' uh, offensive squad. We'll say, uh, regardless of if Melvin Gordon plays or not. But I, Mike Williams is their touchdown threat mm-hmm. on any ball thrown in the air from Philip Rivers. And frankly, Philip Rivers this is the first time he's been in this position in his career. You bet that that's one of the most competitive football players I've ever seen play the game, and, and he's gonna he's gonna do everything he can to beat the Kansas City Chiefs for the reasons you just noted. Absolutely. Who's your number two hit at wide receiver? Man, I've I've called him as a, a start. I've t- said he's a turd and 
then all of a sudden, My since God, then, it's been nothing. Curtis Samuel. It is Curtis Samuel. Saints are bottom three in points <laughs> allowed to fantasy wide receivers. Curtis Samuel's deceptively productive. He's gave, given you double-digit fantasy points in seven out of ten starts in PPR. He's got six total touchdowns this year, and his target share is only going up. Mm-hmm. Especially with the emergence of DJ Moore, how he's looked better, with how good Christian McCaffrey's looked on the ground. And Devin Funches has not been Devin, effective at all. Devin Funches is garbage. They don't need him anymore because they've got all these little scat back type guys. They've got a bunch of Danny Amendola type players out there. Tyreek Hill ish, not Tyreek Hill level, but Tyreek Hill ish type players. Curtis Samuel is one of them. That was a stretch. <laughs> yeah, ish. But, but he, Curtis Samuel is one of those guys that, that he just keeps finding a way to score fantasy football points. I get it. I get it. I, I'm I'm not going to validate your Curtis Samuel pick yet, but I agree he's trending in the right. He's a wi- he's a wide receiver too. He's no longer the turd emoji that uh, Bark put out, labeled him in on Twitter. I, I I do agree with that. Over the past ten weeks, I think he's a wide receiver too, and over the past like six, he's like in the thirty, you know, high twenty, low thirty range. All right, who's your first one? Uh, Josh Reynolds. Josh Reynolds. Okay, I think Curtis Curtis Samuels will safer play than Josh Reynolds. By the way, okay, I I, I think I agree with that. I'm going to stick with. I'm actually going to go with the bigger name who's kind of been hot, hot early, cold middle. Found the end zone last week for the first time in a while. Alshon Jeffrey this is another matchup matchup game against the Rams. You know it's going to take points to beat beat the Rams. Uh, Carson Wentz's uh, status is actually up in there. They're talking about sitting him. Regardless, it's going to take points to beat the Rams. Now, you still have Golden Tate, who's emerging. You still have Zach Ertz, who's the elite receiver on that team, the elite receiving threat from the tight end position on that team. But Alshon's still a very big body, a very good NFL wide receiver. I think he's going to get in the end zone again. I think he has a fine day, possibly even approaching 100 yards for, the, I believe, the first time this season. A little bonus. You got another one? Or can I I'm going to give you one more. Tell me one more. It's actually Golden Tate. I think after last week, he, I mean, he was, was, em, was embarrassed. He was shut down. He got completely lost against the Cowboys. That's a good Cowboys defense. This is not a good Rams defense. No, it's not. Who's, go, who's going to draw not that number yet. one coverage? Alshon or Zach Ertz. There you go. The focus, the focus Al- will be on Alshon and Zach Ertz, and that leaves some opportunity out there for Golden Tate. And the Rams are very susceptible to the pass. You, you can beat them in the air. So th- there's there's my play for uh, for Golden Tate. I think he'll have an okay week. I don't think he's going to be great, but I think don't be terrified of what he did last week. Another situation with like the the what I say with the Chargers, it's going to take points. There's going to be touchdowns to divvy up between the Eagles and, and frankly again, the the Eagles have not been good on defense. We know the Rams are going to score points. We know the Eagles have to score points and divvy up touchdowns amongst that wide receiving core, yep. plus Zach Ertz. Now I'm going to throw you my, my bonus third out there. It's going to be Allen, Allen Robinson, A-Rob, going up against the Green Bay Packers. Another great matchup for wide receivers. A-Rob dropped the touchdown last week, still came out with decent fantasy points, double-digit fantasy points. Uh, not getting a ton of looks because they're going with Tariq Cohen, and, and frankly, that defense is doing everything they can. Shut down the other team so the offense doesn't have, any, have to do anything. But... A Rob is going to be a fine play if you uh, if he's your wide receiver three and you have another option. I'd play A Rob. See, if I was going to go on that team, maybe Taylor Gabriel. I don't, hey, I played Taylor Gabriel last week. 
He didn't do anything. Yeah, okay. I, I, I just trust I'm, me I'm, on this one. It's a rob all the com- way. I'm not confident in any receiver really coming out of Chicago. That's that's my thing. Part of the reason defense just shuts everyone down. Exactly. But my number one reason for giving you Mike Williams, Alshon Jeffrey, and a rob. I'm playing Barker this week. He's not here to defend it and call me an idiot. And those are my three receivers. But I do believe, and I've already told you and showed you, they have the matchups this week to do it. A-Rob's going to be cheap in a lot of uh, DFS markets, too. Should be able to uh, grab him as as a good wide receiver three. Let's just do one miss. I've got two misses. You give give me both your misses at wide receiver then. All right, my first one. Listen, there was a lot of hype around him. He had several good games, uh, but it's Kenny Galladay. Kenny Galladay started the season on absolute fire. Kenny G. Then you know, at week 10, 20 plus points. Week 11, 20 plus points. Week 12, 14 points against the Bears. Disappears against the Rams with only eight points. Two and a half points against the Cardinals, which I said wasn't a good shot for him. You don't want to match up against Patrick Peterson. That's a terrible idea. The Bills have a better pass defense than the Cardinals. Say it again. The Bills have probably the best pass defense in the league. They got a better pass defense than the Cardinals, and the Cardinals have a very good pass talking defense. Talking statistically, not yes. necessarily looking at players like Khalil Mack yeah. and stuff like that. No, no, yeah. no, I'm talking about DBs. Yeah. DBs. Oh, DB. Okay, secondary only. Kenny Galladay in the last two weeks has left you with below double digit points, eight and two and a half in full point PPR. And he got targets. And the one he got eight, he had eight targets, only three receptions for 50 yards, did not find the end zone. The Bills are going to shut him down. And the main reason, he's still a top 20 receiver in, in your standard PPR yeah. format, even after these bad games. But this is a product of Golden Tate exiting. Kenny Galladay is now grabbing all number one coverage there. Marvin Jones, Marvin Jones even playing. I'm not, I think he's hurt. I, yeah, I, I can't even, I haven't watched a Detroit game all season because, well, they're Detroit. Uh, but but Kenny Galladay has been a bright spot early ever since Golden Tate left. He's just been kind of lost. I mean, just that that not lost. And, and for people like because he's getting the targets, he's just not converting targets into receptions. And for people like Lambert, hurts who, who think who think that Kenny Galladay is the truth, this might be the evidence that he's not. I think he'll be all right next year. But man, he needs a running mate. Yeah, he does need a running mate. In addition to him, I, I think uh, this is more of a DFS play, but. Kind of steer away from Mike Evans. Uh, the Ravens are top three against the wide receiver in fantasy. Adam Humphrey's been really good. Adam Humphrey's been electric, you and, might say, in and, Tampa Bay. And he's grooving with Jameis Winston. So, man, Adam Humphrey is actually a nice play, a nice hit week in, week out for a uh, cheap DFS play. If you want to go away from Mike Williams, stay on the same team. Yeah. I mean, the, the biggest question mark down in Tampa Bay is who's, you know, is the quarterback going to throw it to his team or the other team? Because they have a tendency to to toss out some interceptions, and all of a sudden the game gets ugly. Gotcha. I'm going to give you my my miss of the week, man. It's a it's a big name. It goes in the top fifteen. Uh, again, it's going to go back to I'm going to Minnesota. I'm going to say stay away from Stefan Diggs. Again, I talked about Dalvin Cook and that that change of philosophical that change philosophically. Within that offensive, uh, just that offensive flow is going to go through through Dalvin Cook and no longer through Kirk Cousins in the passing game. Adam Thielen's still going to get his possession targets. Stefan Diggs struggled last week against Seattle, went four for 76, and that was with one long pass in garbage time. He was having a train wreck of a week going into the fourth quarter, an absolute train wreck. 
Stefan Diggs is going to be a little lost in what the Minnesota Vikings want to do in Week 15. I stay away from Stefan Diggs, and that's kind of a big one. A lot of a lot of people have him wide receiver one or a very good wide receiver two on their fantasy squad. So, so I'll give you some pushback on this. I mean, he he was had a bad knee last week. He did still come out and play. Still got 76 yards. One big play. But we garbage time. I know, but man, he's he's really lit up some teams. He had twenty three against against the Bears, twenty one against the Eagles, twenty seven against the Saints, thirty one against the Bears the second time they played. Um, I, man, he's pretty pretty darn good. Oh, excuse me, it wasn't the Bears second time. It was Rams first time, and then twenty two against the Packers. I mean, he's. Man. I'm just, and it's even a good matchup. It's it's one of those like you said with uh, you have no statistics to back it up. I truly, but it's not statistics. It's not the matchup. The Dolphins are bad, a bad secondary. It's the philosophical difference that that Mike Zimmer's talking about. He wants to run the football, and I think Stefan Diggs is going to be the one who suffers, not necessarily Adam Thielen. That's where I'm going. I'll give you that. I think Adam Thielen's practically bulletproof. I would actually bet. Kirk Cousins doesn't throw the ball but 20 times in this game. God, I hope you're wrong. I have him in a key <laughs> matchup in a semifinal game. <laughs> All right, you ready to scour that tight end landscape? Oh, God, this it's tight ends. I mean, it's so rough. You just want to talk about more wide receivers? <laughs> no, no, no. no. We'll, we'll get tight. So uh, over the past seven weeks, Evan Ingram point per game is the number 11 tight end. The Titans shut that crap down. Best defense, best defense against tight end in the league. They've shut down everyone they played. They shut down Gronk. They've shut down, I believe they played Ertz, shut him down. Ingram is not better than anyone they've played. You know, from that standpoint, just avoid Evan Ingram this week. And he he might be, I don't care if he's free in DFS. You do not want Evan Ingram on your team. I'll skip to the miss. I'll skip to the miss first. Austin Hooper, questionable. He's been a top 10 guy. Been a, uh, actually a, a bright spot on the tight end landscape this year. He's probably the one guy that was like, wh- wh- where'd he come from? He's a turd. Shut up. Where'd he come from? But all, I mean, the guys at the top are the guys at the top. Yeah. And then Austin Hooper. I mean, he's been, he's kind of separated himself from the mediocrity of what the tight end landscape is, but he's questionable this week. And he's kind of been downward trend. Not a great matchup against Arizona either. And that secondary is good. So I'm staying away from Austin Hooper. Even if he plays, he's going to be playing hurt. But he might not play at all. So have plans. If it's a dynasty league, if you're in the dynasty playoffs and you got Austin Hooper relying on him this year, you better look at the waiver wire because he might be a game time decision. And do you want Austin Hooper going against three of the top 30 safeties in the league. You know, I mean, they've got three solid safeties. He's going to be harassed. They're, they're going to cover him up very well. Yeah. You got a hit? I do have a hit. Um, and uh, sorry for flipping those. I should have started with the hit. I don't but care. CJ Uzoma um, hasn't been awful. He hasn't been good, but he hasn't <laughs> been awful the past four weeks. But the Raiders have been awful all season against the tight end. I still think, I do think Oakland wins the game against Cincinnati. I do think that, but I do think C.J. Uzoma actually has a nice game against a very uh, porous Raiders pass defense. I got you. I'm not going to go with not so obvious. I'm just going to reiterate something I said a few weeks ago. And when when Rob Gronkowski finally found the end zone, I said he he got that taste. He got that Gronk spike in. It felt good, and he came out next week. Kind of let me down a little bit with a decent game, but last week right back to scoring touchdowns, getting his yardage again. Rob Gronkowski against the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're gonna. It's gonna be an angry football team. When Gronk's angry, Gronk's very good. 
Yeah. Gronk can be can be Brady's number one target against the Steelers. Kind of a weak Dude. linebacking core. Not the greatest safeties in the world. I mean, they, Sean Edmonds Sean, and um, oh, Sean Davis. Sean Day. I always want to say Sean Williams, Vince Williams, Sean Davis. Yeah, they're they're not exactly locked down. They're not exactly going to lock down a tight end in in any uh, any game necessarily. Going up against Rob Gronkowski, he's looking good. He's going to play well. He's going to get his touches. He's going to get his catches. He's going to get his yards. He gets in the end zone. That's a bonus. But without the touchdown, I still think he gets double digits, and he's just going to continue play him this week with confidence obviously he might even be a decent dfs play if well, you want to go if you want to go tight end i'm with you so kind of playing off of that um moving over to defense defense a little idp love at the end of the show hitting up the idp i'm going to start right at the defensive backs just to play off where you came from because i think terrell edmonds for the steelers is going to have a great game tackling gronk tackling rob gronkowski okay the patriots are going to air it out this week they're going to be all over the field and terrell edmonds the response his main responsibility is going to be trying to slow down or stop rob gronkowski Maybe a couple of pass defenses, but definitely several tackles. He's been okay the last few weeks. He's not been great all season, but the last few weeks he's really come on. Um, all the love that's going to get thrown Rob Gronkowski's way, it's going to bode well for Terrell Edmonds statistically. I like it. I'll stay. I'm going to go with a little defensive line here, give you Calais Campbell. Been good all year, playing with confidence, going up against the Redskins. Who's playing quarterback? We don't know. I think it's like some Jackson guy now. Josh Jackson. Josh, Josh Jackson. Josh Johnson. Josh Johnson. I don't know. He's going to get a sack. That's what I'm saying. He could have come away with a couple sacks. He's going to eat. He is absolutely, positively going to eat. Miles Garrett right back at it. Right, Got a sack. Got back on the sack column this week, going against, up against Case Keenum and the Broncos. He's been effective against the run. Denver likes to run the football. Case Keenum is very sackable. Miles Garrett's going to be another good play on the line. Speaking of defensive line, you like sacks? I love sacks out of my defensive linemen. I have to have them. Danico Autry has five in the past two weeks, and Dak is the most sacked quarterback in the league. Danico Autry for the Colts, he's going to get to Dak this week. It takes a sack, basically, for a defensive lineman to be effective. Waiver and, wire pickup. Yeah, he's available in most in most IDP leagues because he's a DT. Most people want those defensive ends. He's going to get to Dak, uh, no doubt about it. Um, I will. Do you, you have anyone else you want to add on that? Not on the defensive end. I got a couple linebackers. I was going to go with some hits and a miss. So. I'll give you a miss on uh on defensive defensive line, I'm actually going to uh, stay away from Cam Hayward this week for all of the reasons. The Patriots being angry, the Patriots coming out motivated, the Tom Patriots Brady being embarrassed. Tom Brady has the quickest release in the game. That that Cam quick Hayward's game, not getting to him. That quick game's too good for Cam Hayward to be successful. Yes, that's what I was going to say. Cam Hayward, he beats you because of time. It's coverage sacks that Cam Hayward gets. It is not because he blew past the defensive or the offensive tackle. He outworks you for yes. three and a half seconds. But Tom Brady don't hold the ball that long. Boom. Going over linebackers, we can give you a couple hits. Man, Raquan McMillan has been consistently good since Week Ten. He's been getting to the ball carry. He's he's recorded nine total tackles last week, eight the week before, uh, seven the week before, playing the Vikings. Again, I cannot reiterate anymore the philosophical differences in parting ways with their OC. They're going to run the football. I'm calling Dalvin Cook 20 carries. 
Raquan Millen, McMillan for the Miami Dolphins is going to have 10 plus tackles this week and just eat, just absolutely eat it up at linebacker uh, all game long. My other guy to play there is Nigel Branham against uh, Todd Gurley and the Rams. Going to get his touches. He's been very effective. Going to catch late. a lot of Todd Gurley's helmet. He got a whole lot of against last week against the Cowboys and Zeke. He had fourteen total tackles, and just as dedicated to the run game. Just as dedicated. I, I, I like Nigel Branham as a little second tier. We'll call him a linebacker three ish guy who could have the possibility of having a real big game. I'll go ahead and give you my miss. Little alert here. Zach Brown's been great over the last. Four years, five Four years. five years, a top, a perennial top ten guy. There's something weird going on in Washington with him and, and Jay Gruden. He's basically, they, they called it an illness, but he was flat out benched in the middle of the game last week. Then the, his replacement gets hurt and he's forced back in the action. I, I, I don't know that he was necessarily sick or the illness or whatever. There's just something weird going on there. He he's he's already stated that he sees the writing on the wall being released after the season. Zach Brown, a guy you probably relied on as a consistent linebacker two, linebacker three. We've talked about Zach Brown many times. Like, why does he keep floating around? Maybe it's the dedication thing. Yeah. Whenever they're losing, he just gives up. Yeah. I, if you've relied on him, alert. Go find someone else. He he literally didn't play for two thirds of that game until he is thrusted back into action, forced by an injury somewhere else. Go go find any other linebacker who's going to maybe put up some points. Uh, my start. So if you look at the first eight games, this guy was god awful. Alec Ogletree, number forty one overall linebacker for the first eight games since week eight. Points per game number three. Number three. Number three. Since then, he's come come on last few weeks, especially Alec Ogletree is going to be a fine start. Also, Jatavis Brown hasn't been great all year, but since week eight, kind of under the same timeline, mm-hmm. he's been number fourteen overall linebacker. I think he's going to have a fine game as well. Going going defensive back round it round off this show round off the IDP with uh, I'm just going to give you a hit of the week and it's my boy because I like to uh, mention him it's John Johnson out in the, in L A. Would you 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 were actually running like the top ten over the last six weeks? Yeah, he was in there. Yeah, he was like third with well he was he was in the he was like eighth overall with the bye week. Yeah. In total points, and then you do it by average. Yep. And he was number three, number four. Number three. Guy just gets tackles out of the uh, safety position. He's all over the field. Playing the Eagles, the Eagles are going to have to throw. There's going to be plenty of opportunity for John Johnson to eat. He's a must, an absolute must play. I will give you a miss real quick. Clayton Gathers, questionable. He's been, he plays like a linebacker, but he's questionable, and he comes off the field easily. If he gets nicked up, he's going to be off the field. They have uh, other options behind him in, in Indianapolis. So I'll give you one more hit and one more miss on the uh, defensive backs. So starting with my hit, um, Michael Thomas, he's the replacement for Landon Collins. Landon Collins out for the rest of the season, just had surgery. Last week he did have six total tackles. Um, just for the first time this year coming back into a full-time role, um, looked okay. Not great, but he's going to be a you know fine replacement for Landon Collins. He's not don't don't expect twenty points, don't expect anything like that, but expect your six or seven tackles that you're going to need to get out of a replacement guy. Um, my miss, miss it, me the number one overall defensive back for the past four weeks is Marshawn Lattimore. All right, Buckeye, more tackles. Due to the normally he would get more tackles due to you know the Saints running it up on people. 
Carolina doesn't need to throw the ball that often. They don't throw the ball that often. Marshawn Lattimore is not going to be as effective against a team that is primarily a running and short game, you know, short passing game team. Don't live your life owning cornerbacks. Carolina doesn't pass the ball as much as you need for Marshawn Lattimore to be effective against them. Agree, uh, agree with that one hundred percent. If you got another option in your IDP league, go just, away from. Just it. don't be fooled by his past four weeks. He's been great. Yeah. Once again, he's number one in the past four weeks. Just this isn't the week it's going to continue. All right. Last note on DBs. I'll give you one more. Eric Berry returns tonight. My boy, old Rocky Top, Eric Berry returns tomorrow night on Thursday night football against San Diego. Not necessarily saying he's going to have a great game because they, well, the Chargers don't do a whole lot with the tight ends, and that's primarily what he covers. But I just love some Eric Berry. I love seeing him on the field. Hey, an IDP, all jokes aside, you know good and well you've got a defensive back you're ready to release. Right now might be the time pick of Eric Berry before he takes off. 2019. Absolutely. Sleeper. Absolutely. Hey, man, we made it through an episode without Bart. It's so weird. Do you notice how we pick up the pace with IDP? It's like, scat, 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 scat. Yeah, and I feel like we talk faster without Barker. It's like we're trying to fill up the dead space that Barker normally, you know, whenever he talks. I think we have like two and a half minutes to an hour. You just want to kind of twiddle our thumbs or? No. Let's just get off the air, man. We, 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 there's a solid episode, man. There was a whole lot of bite without the bark. I was, uh, I, I was a little scared. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. I appreciate everyone tuning in. Good night. Peace. See ya. We're out of here. This concludes another episode of the Back Row Fantasy Show. Thanks for listening, and be sure to give us a review.